Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And like I say on every episode, we have a great one for you today because we have Tezza coming on and she's doing some great things out there. In fact, a cool thing, a cool um, snippet is she had 500,000 streams on one of her songs. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, that's an amazing feat in itself. But we're looking forward to talking about. Um, her music and a bit of her background and her life. So, Tez, are you here? Yes, I am. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? And and Sandy, are you here? I forgot to, I forgot to, <laughs> I to bring my wife on. Yes, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sandy's here. Hi. <laughs> How are and, you? Um, thank you guys both for having me. It's oh, our thank pleasure. you for being here today. And... I always like to start the same way on every episode. I mean, we're in the middle of craziness right now, 2020. I mean, you can't get no crazier. So I always like to get the big elephant out the room first. How are you handling COVID and getting through all this, and how has it affected you? You know what? COVID has been definitely something that nobody planned for, but on the bright side, it's also given – I think it's given everybody a little bit of time to slow down to kind of take a look around, realize what's important, spend a little extra time with their family and doing what they love. And you know what? Mm. Honestly, COVID gives me some time to stop and really get things together for this new single that I have released coming Friday. Oh, wow. Love that. And, and, you know, for us, like when we first launched this show, like I was telling you before the um, episode started, um, when we first launched this show in January, our original goal was – 80 to 100 interviews. I mean, it was just, you know, and I thought that would be a great goal to hit if we hit 100 interviews first mm-hmm. year. You know, not many people do that. And I thought that would yeah. be a great goal. And then COVID happened. And immediately I saw opportunity. I told Sandy, this is our time. This is our time to shine. I was like, all these artists are going to need a place to talk. And we'll probably get artists we normally wouldn't get on a newer show. And so we just need to go all out. And that's what we've done. And because of that, not only have we hit that 80 to 100 goal, you're our 192nd interview, and we're go- our goal now is 300 for the year. Wow, you more than doubled what you expected. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just have to step, so we stepped it up because we're like, you know what? You know, y'all need a place to talk, and we're going to give you that platform. Yeah, and you know what? I, I, we all appreciate that because I think – you know, music especially, we're all in the same boat where it doesn't matter how small of an artist or how big of an artist you are, we're all on pause right now. You know, there's no live music. You know, songwriting is all Zoom. So no matter where we're at, you know, in our careers or in our lives, we're all kind of just in it together. Yep, most definitely. So I always mm-hmm. like to start a little light before we really dig deep Um what are um, some hobbies you like to do outside of music? And you've probably learned some new ones since all this happened. <laughs> and I definitely did, let me tell you. <laughs> you know what, before <laughs> I got into music, I mm-hmm. absolutely loved horses, and I used to show horses. I actually thought mm-hmm. that that was what I was do with them. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, from the age of five, I started taking lessons, and I got my first horse. And, I mean, I spent every waking second at the barn and riding and going to shows, and I still love it. Um, but once I hit high school, I, I kind of dove a little bit more into music and that kind of became my focus. So I still love horses. I still have horses, you know, but it's just, Mm -hmm. it's not what I'm doing with my life now, but I'll definitely (laughs) down the road. I'm definitely going to have horses again. Oh, that's awesome. So what would you say is something quirky about you? 
something quirky. Um, I love weird Asian food. I love like weird Asian markets. Anything uh-huh. I haven't had before, I want to buy it and try it. <laughs> I, I love that sound. <laughs> buy it and try it, right? <laughs> buy it and try it. <laughs> You, you can tell that comes from a singer-songwriter there saying that. It just, yeah, it just comes right out. Trying <laughs> uh-huh. fruits and foods that are different and unique, and it does it and in a weird way. It excites me. So a lot of times I'll take a little trip to the market, and they have you know a weird fruit that I've never seen before, and I always make sure to buy right. it, buy it and try it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. So, at what age did you? Not necessarily know you wanted to do new music, but at what age did it click that this could be a career? You know, I always I always loved music, but when I was younger, I was actually really shy, and I was too afraid mm-hmm. to sing in front of people. So I would sing at home, and I would sing in the car, but I would never sing. It made me so uncomfortable to, like, in front of somebody and sing. And so I kind of, oh, well. I kind of pushed aside for a while. I took piano lessons, mm-hmm. and, you know, I loved it, but it was kind of an internal love where I kind of just enjoyed it myself. And it was really when I hit high school that I started taking, you know, chorus and mm-hmm. realizing that, you know, you can do it more than just by yourself. So I took chorus, and then when I hit high school, I decided that I wanted to start a band. And once I started the wow. band, I think that's when things really took off for me. <laughs> that's when you looked in the main like, oh, this is, this is it. This is what I've been looking for. Yeah. I was like, man, I can get used to this. <laughs> <laughs> so who's been some of your musical influences growing up and who are they now and how have they changed some you know I so I grew up my mom loved the women of country in the 90s mm-hmm. and 2000s so we had every city we had you know Faith Hill, <laughs> the Dixie Chicks Winona Judd, uh-huh. Trisha Yearwood I knew those mm-hmm front to back. If you put one in, I could still to this day sing every single word and predict what song comes next. <laughs> so I really grew up with that as a base. And, you know, my, mm-hmm. both of my parents like different things. They love John Denver and James Taylor. And so I really grew up with music that had a lot of songwriting and storytelling in it. And I think I still kind of gravitate towards that. I, I love a good yeah. story song. Yeah. That's country music. Like they say, three oh chords in the truth. Yeah. yeah. You know, it just, you speak to everybody. To me, it doesn't matter the genre. I think a good yeah. song is good. And, and you know, you're talking about um, the 90s. Um, we, we, we married in two, October 2002, and, you know, our wedding song was actually from this moment by Shania Twain. Oh, it my was. Gosh, yeah. so cute. And in, two, and, and in 2022, on our 20th wedding anniversary, we're planning on in Nashville doing a renewal vowel. And, of course, since we did Shania as the, from this moment, we are going to more than likely do her other song, You're, You're Still the One. As a oh, and we're hoping that. to have enough contact to bring her in. That would be cool. Oh, oh my gosh, so. that would be amazing. <laughs> Oh. You know, I actually went and saw her. So my roommate, mm-hmm. he loves Shania Twain. And so we actually went and saw huh. her last year. She played in, I think it was in Georgia. It was kind of a drive. Mm-hmm. It was about five okay. hours to go see her. But she came and she did her, you know, her old songs and some of her new songs. And it was mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, there's nothing wow. like Shania Twain. 
concert. You could sing every song. <laughs> having so much fun. Oh. Funny, since we've been talking about our 20th anniversary coming up in in 2022, we you know just the and talking about doing the you're still the one. All of a sudden, the other day, that came on the radio, and I and we listened to every word there because, of course, it's been years since we've heard it. It's like, oh my god, oh, that's yeah. all right. that 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 describes what we have been through. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. See, it's meant to be. That was a sign. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so, you know, as you know, for an independent artist and growing. It's tough out there, and a lot of people, they see the glory, but they don't see the grind that it takes. They, they see the glory of the Blake Shelton's and the Miranda's and all that, and, but, you know, but the grind and the sacrifice that it takes, not just to get to their level, but even at a career level, people don't get to see. And I always like to bring that side out on every show because <clears throat> I think it needs to be talked about more of what artists go through on a daily and weekly and monthly and yearly basis just to live the passion that they have so deep inside of them. And I'm going to tell a quick story to help guide us into where I want this to go, and then we'll talk about that. But back in 2014, I interviewed, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were mm-hmm. full-time with music. And I asked Allison, what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist? She said, I'll never forget her words. She said, uh, she said this is going to sound funny, coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, then go do that. If you can be happy doing something else, do that and keep music as a hobby. She says the day you want it to be full-time, the day you want it to be a career, your life changes. It's no longer your mm-hmm. life. She goes, your friends and relatives, first off, they're not going to understand because they have weddings. They have um, holidays, birthdays, weekends. You have to say no to because you have gigs. And they don't understand that they're like, well, this is a wedding. This is like a special moment. And they don't understand that you got this gig that 50 people may be depending on that gig. And they don't – they think you can just cancel it because it's just you. But you have other people mm-hmm. that depend on that. And so you can't just cancel. <laughs> you know, of course, you start canceling gigs, you won't get no more anyway and all that. So, you don't, so then you got that. Then you got the fact that your, your um, family has to sacrifice, not just you as the artist. Then on top of that, you can have a really bad day today, but if you've got a gig tonight, you've got to get on that stage and smile like you're happy as can be. But then she added, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go there a little bit. You know, I think that's I, – I agree. I mean, I, I've always said – I always say with anything, and I think it's not just music, but if you decide that you want to do something and you have a passion, I think you have to go for it, and you have to go for it 100%. Yeah. I always say, mm-hmm. you know, some people say have a backup plan or don't have – I mean, you get that as an independent musician, you get that a lot. Oh, well, what's your backup plan? You know, what do you plan to do 10 <laughs> years down the road? And, you know, my, my answer is always I think you should never have a backup plan. I think yeah. if you really want something and you work hard enough, you can get it. So to say, you know, well, if this doesn't work, it's a cop-out. I love that. And, and, you know, and your average person don't understand that because society teaches people to have that backup plan. And I remember so many times where where you you, uh, um, hear interviews of the big artists, and um, the hosts always ask the same – there's always one question. It never fails. They're going to ask. 
And that's if there if music didn't work, what would you be doing today? And ninety percent of the artists, and and the hosts are always taken aback with this answer because they they just can't comprehend this. But ninety percent of the answers have always been, I would just be a broke musician because I had no plan B. Yeah. And I remember yeah, one explaining this. I remember one saying, and, and this made so much sense, and I've never forgotten this, so that if you've got a plan B, when the struggle happens, and no matter what passion you're trying to strive for, there's going to be struggles. But when the struggle gets heavy enough, your plan B becomes plan A. <clears throat> so what are some of the things you, – you, you know, so you know, every artist, they have those moments where there's a fork in the road. And you know, since we're talking about the sacrifices and struggles and all that, every artist has those moments where you wonder, is this worth it? Um, mm-hmm. What drives you to get through those moments? You know, it's funny because when you said, you know, what would you do besides music, I kind of feel the same way. I don't, I don't know. If you were just put me on the spot and say, what would you do besides music? I honestly, my answer would be, I have no idea. I've never thought about it. And I know that sounds, like you said, that sounds crazy, but I feel like when you have a passion, you know, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. I think, I think half of life, and you look back at it, some of the most fun times you have and the best, you know, memories that you have are the struggle on the way up. You know, I bet mm-hmm. if you ask Miranda Amber or Blake Shelton, they would tell you their biggest memories, their, you know, their favorite moments are the moments that was from the, going from the bottom to the top, not being at the top. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that's what life is about because you could live your life, you know, always trying to get to a certain point, but then you never really live life. You know, you have to enjoy the process and it's, it's frustrating. And like you said, being an independent (laughs) artist, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of being told no. And it's a lot of unanswered emails and it's a lot of, you know, this isn't quite my thing or, you know, you're not ready, Mm -hmm. but I think it's, you just have to know yourself. You have to know yourself and know what you want and believe in yourself. And then none of that really matters. It's just a passing no or a passing, you know, a moment versus something that's going to determine the rest of your life. And like they say, not, if you're going to go to the top of any industry, it's not going to come easy anyway. So if it's no. not going to come easy anyway, you might as well do what you love. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I've got friends of mine that they work hard and really hard, but it's not their passion. And they're miserable, and you sit down with them, and they're, they're, let's say, 10, 15 years in their careers, and they work very hard. I mean really hard. I'm talking 70 hours a week and stuff, and, they're, and you talk to them because and and, you're like, how can you be miserable? You know, you got this great family. you got this you know, great lifestyle. you got this amazing career, and some of them will stop you and say um, the career is the problem. What do you mean the career is the problem? You went to, you know, you went to four or six years of college, whatever it was, and um, for this career. And they're, and they're like, well, I did, but I didn't. I did it for other people. And then they explain that they always had other passions, but, but people always said, you know, from their friends to their relatives to family to guidance counselors all convinced them that there's no money there, that you need to follow where the money is to secure that side of it. And now they're 15 years in their career. They've basically gave up 20 plus years of their life for something that they never believed in anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and that's hard to hear, you know. 
Because I'd, you know, to be honest with this show, I would rather die broke than to wonder what if. I a hundred percent agree, and I think when you were telling me the story of how you started this station and how you, you know, like you said, you didn't feel like you were ready or you it wasn't the right time. The fact that you just did it alone speaks volumes, you know, because you love what you do. You don't care. You know, you're willing to do it whether it brings a lot of money or it doesn't bring a lot of money, and that's passion. And I think people are attracted to passion, and people will want to be a part of your show because you really believe in what you do. Yeah, to be honest, Sandy and I have had people come on the show that we pinch ourselves. We're like, and of course, we like all artists yes. to come on. We love all the writing. But you know, sometimes artists. when yes. you get like a Cassidy Pope or mm-hmm. like tomorrow, we've got Kaylee Hammett coming on, mm-hmm. you know, and and when you get people like that, you're like, wow, something's happening here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we, proof is funny. We people are attracted passion into honesty mm-hmm. into you know you love what you do and it and i'm i'm honored to be a part of it well we oh, and we're honored you. that you are a part of it um yes. because you're nothing to sneeze at that's for sure you you've you've built a great base and all that and now let's get you know we talked about the sacrifices and all that um now let's talk about where that leads because i think that, that this is the side that people mostly see the glory side so when you look back on your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, oh, wow, I got to do that, or wow, that happened? You know, I've had some really cool things happen. I It took me a long time to find to really release music. So the last song mm-hmm. that I put out was actually the first song that I've ever released. Um, oh, wow. It took wow. me a long time. Yeah, it took me a long time to find who I thought I was as an artist. I never felt like I want to put music out having to say, well, it's not my best, or it's not me. I wanted to yeah. wait until a point that I put music out, and I said, this is exactly who I am. I am this artist, this is my song. I wrote it. I love the way it's produced. It sounds like me. And I, I finally felt like I found that in this, in this last group of songs that I went and recorded. And mm-hmm. I think once, mm-hmm. once I decided that and I felt that, I think a lot of things came from it. So I've had the opportunity to go and open for incredible artists. I mean, artists mm-hmm. that I've grown up listening to, and it's surreal when you're up on stage, you know, announcing that they're coming next and it's, you get to live <laughs> your team. And so that's been amazing. And the response that I've had to my first single, which was around the truth. Um, I released mm-hmm. that January 31st, about six months ago. And within six months of never putting anything out, I, I, I had over, you know, a half a million streams on Spotify. That's amazing. And and so many friends and family reached out and you know I, I was willing to put it out regardless of how it did the same reason why you guys started it was just that I believed in it and it felt like me and mm-hmm. it was something I believed in and so to have such a great response to it has been you know payment enough to be honest <laughs> so that's the icing <laughs> on the cake there yeah 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 it's been incredible and one of those things where it has brought a lot of things, and that's why I'm excited to put the next song out because I I believe equally in this one, and I'm really excited about it, and I I can't wait for people to to hear it. And although we got a private hearing of it, it was amazing. Oh, yes, we loved did. it. Also, yeah. yeah. You know what's funny? Sandy's really like loving what we do because we get we get special perks and all that for what we do. And because mm-hmm. when we first married 17 years ago, almost 18 now, 
um, I was one of these people that wanted to be a speaker. I mean, I listen to audios 24-7. And mm-hmm. she wanted somehow to be in music. And and she listened to uh, music 24-7. So here we are, got married, we're in the car, what do we do? I only listen to audios. She only listens to music. So we had to compromise, yeah. needless to say. And we listened to half of my stuff. And she was willing to compromise my way and, we, and, and vice versa. <laughs> and I remember... I always joke that she kind of brainwashed me into all the music stuff because now I'm uh-huh. like all in here with this music. But it's funny how <laughs> almost 18 years of marriage now, we have turned this whole thing around to where I still get to speak, kind of live out my passion. She loves music. She's living out her passion, and we're under the umbrella of the Chris and Sandy show. Oh, my yeah. gosh. You literally found the perfect marriage of your two passions. That's incredible. <laughs> and that's what I always try to tell people who are married I believe God has a purpose calling on every marriage. Some people disagree with this, but I believe that if there's a calling on that marriage, that even if you have different passions, there's a way that you can tweak the passions to where you can combine it under one umbrella. Oh, absolutely. And you've done it. I mean, you guys are proof is in the pudding. <laughs> and, and I'm just as, and it's funny because I'm just as into this as she is because I, I love this. I oh, love yes. listening to all the new music. Uh, you know, again, I love the Blakes and the Mirandas and all that. But you know what? I like the the rising star, the people that are that are in that hunt right now because they're hungry. And I love to be around hungry yeah. people because you know there's just something about y'all chasing y'all's dream that excites me when I you know. I don't want to be around people that say, oh, well, it is what it is. No, get away from me. You know, I want to be around people <laughs> that are striving, that are chasing, that have this passion, that they're willing to risk it all to live that passion. That just inspires yeah, me. We love that. I love that, too. And I also love that you guys say y'all. It makes me so happy. <laughs> I, grew up, I grew up in upstate New York, so I am very much accustomed to the New York style. Uh-huh. So for me, I love, I love, I love when people say y'all. I have not brought myself to be able to say it because I feel like I'm like encroaching on someone else's territory, but hearing it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So you know what? We're going to take a quick yeah. commercial break, and then we're going to come back and play your song Around the Truth, and then we're going to come back and talk about that. How's that sound? Great. I would love that. Perfect. All right. Hang on the line. Perfect. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. You and me, we got history. 
love that song. Yeah, oh, great thank song. You so much. <clears throat> so tell us about the song, how it come together, the story behind it. You know, that one, this song, my first song that I put out, Around the Truth, I actually wrote by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been sitting mm-hmm. in my room on my piano, and I had this, you know, idea of being out and drawing from my own experience as well as, you know, being out and living in the same town or living in the same city is someone that you've been with. And how interesting it is that, you know, once you break up, it's as if nothing happens. You you go from spending, you know, five years of your life with somebody to mm-hmm. in a matter of seconds. And how, how, you know, you still live in the same place and seeing them yeah. brings back so many memories. And so I, I had, I sat down at my piano and I actually originally started writing this song as a duet. Oh, wow. But that was a little hard because it was just me playing it out myself. <laughs> and so I said, all right, well, we got to rearrange that a little bit. Um, I don't want to be known as the girl that sings as a girl and a guy. Just, you know, not my thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I decided to kind of twist it and make it, you know, something that I could sing by myself. And um, mm-hmm. I just sat down. And I really just, I wanted the whole thing to feel like it was spinning. I wanted the whole song to have a movement in it and feel like you were twirling and twisting. And so I wanted mm-hmm. the whole song, the lyrics, and the music to feel like you were moving. And so I sat down, and I decided to write it, and it took me a bit. And I, I would write it, and I'd walk away, and I just, ah, oh, something didn't feel right. And I would go back, and mm-hmm. I'd twist it. And, you know, finally, I just got to the end, and said, I, I think that's it. I think it's it. Oh, I wow. think we're done. Yeah. And so <laughs> I just... It was always a song to me, and I think maybe it comes from the fact that I wrote it myself, so there wasn't anyone mm-hmm. else involved. You know, a very a personal song to me, and it felt very yeah. my own. And um, so when I was putting songs together to record, I, I just knew that that was the one that I wanted to include, and I wanted that to be the first one that I put out. And I'm really happy with the way it came out, and I got, like I said, I got such an amazing response to it, so... <laughs> You know, I, yep, I can't because think. because even though it's personal, it's still generic enough to where almost everybody can feel it. Yeah, yeah. and that's how it, I feel like it's important to write songs that you know when people feel like, man, I feel like alone and I'm you know upset and sad. I want them to listen to a song and say, "Wow, someone else felt that way too." You know, maybe it's not so bad. Yeah, because Sandy went through. You know, Sandy was healed her through music for the same reason back as a teenager. She has like a story there too. Um, yes, to yes. Yes, I was in junior high and high school. I went through a lot of bullying and had anxiety and depression from that back then. And music was definitely what was healing to me, listening to a song I could relate to or just, just something to take my mind off of the problems at the time. That's what helped me get through. Wow. People can be <clears throat> the power you know, of music, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the fact yes. that you said that and it and it, you know, healed you in a sense and and look where you're at now, you know? Yes, and now it <laughs> led to us doing this show. <laughs> yeah, cause, absolutely. Because if she didn't have the passion for music that she has, we wouldn't be doing the show because again, when we look back, the things that I made decisions on for us to do kind of you, – you look back and you're like, okay, this would have never happened if it weren't for her love of music. Yep. Yeah, even the bad. Yeah. You know, even 
the bad memories. That's it right. Brought up, if it hadn't been for that, you wouldn't be exactly where you are right now. Having an amazing right. show, we have up and coming artists and, and big established artists, and you know it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Thank you for that. I'll come full um, circle. Thank you. So, so <laughs> as you know, um, a lot of times people they see the artists, but they don't see the team behind them, and I think the team don't get much enough love, and and it doesn't have. To, and to me, a team can be one person. It could be. Several hundred, like for Justin Bieber, you know, really doesn't matter. A team is a team. So I always like to give the artists a chance to talk about the few people or a lot of people that are behind them. So tell us the people that help you be who you are. You know, it's been it's been quite a ride, and I would go ahead and say that my one of my biggest, you know, I would you say team, but support system has been my family. Yeah. I mean, my mom wow. has always been day one supportive, wow. pushing me and you know letting me follow my dreams because I think a lot of people mm-hmm. do have dreams but aren't allowed to follow them and that's you know yeah. just as mm-hmm. you know so my family has been a huge support system my aunts my uncles my sister my mom you know they've always been behind me with every song mm-hmm. and no matter how good or poorly it does they're always there supporting <laughs> pushing you know and so so they've really been the biggest support team yeah. that I have you know, which has been incredible because, like I said, without them, I may not. Mm-hmm. Have, you know, I, don't, I don't know. So tell us a parent story. When 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 I know parents, because I can't always ask this question because you know you never know where artists stand with their parents. Because sometimes parents are not behind them, as like you said, you're lucky that yours always was. Yeah. So tell us a parent story, and I know you probably have a thousand of them, but you know something that stands out to where they did something, they went above and beyond. And you were like, wow, they really get, this is my passion. You know, when I was, when I was in high school, I, I really, in my head, realized that music was what I wanted. Mm-hmm. There was no real question. Mm-hmm. That's where I was. But it was senior year, and, you know, I knew I had to go to college or was supposed to go to college, and I really didn't know anything else. I didn't know places like Los Angeles or Nashville existed to me. I, I came from <laughs> a small town in upstate New York, and so – that was really all I knew. I didn't know that there was anything yeah. else out there. So I started looking at schools, and I, you know, I went to them and I said, I don't want to do anything but music. I said, I don't, I don't want to go to school for something that I, I can tell you right now that I just don't want to study and I don't want to do. And so they said, all right, well, music it is. And so I started looking huh. at some schools in, around New York, and I applied for quite a few, but. But all the music programs were musical theater or jazz or opera or something like that, which I didn't mind, but I just didn't mm-hmm. feel the passion for that type of music. I, and, again, I didn't want to spend four years of my life doing something that I wasn't totally into. Yeah. And yeah. so I had a mm-hmm. person, you know, say, well, have you looked into, you know, music schools like Berkeley? And I said, oh, well. I don't I was like, I don't know, like, what's Berkeley <laughs> Clearly not, because I don't even know what it is. <laughs> so he said, you know, yeah. it's one of the, it's like it's one of the schools that you you can do whatever kind of music you want, and it's it's prestigious, and it's in Boston, and you know, the best of the best. And I, well, I, you know, I said to myself, I, I've never heard of it, but I'd like to look into it. And so I went on my computer, and I kind of looked at it. and I said, wow, like that that's where I want to be. You know, I don't want to. Wow. I want to be able to do it. I want to do country music, and I want to do popular music and I want to be able to mm-hmm. be around that and so you know I had looked at 
it was expensive and it was something I hadn't even thought of. And my mom said, she said, don't, don't look at any of that. She goes, just apply, apply. And if you get in, we'll go from there. And so wow. I, I applied, I sent my stuff in, I actually drove to New York city to audition. I didn't know what I was doing. I couldn't sight read music. I didn't really have any experience with that. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of spiraled and I got in and we decided <laughs> that that's where I was going to go. And I actually, I never even visited the school or Boston. I had never been. I just accepted it no and went. <laughs> so it that, was just I love that. And to me, that was like a really big thing in my life because my mom, you know, <clears throat> believed in me no matter what. It wasn't in the plans. Wow. It wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. what I looked at. But if, if that's where you want to be, then that's where you need to be. And, and, you know, I love that taking the step of faith that you did because it's kind of how Sandy and I live. Like I got two instances of that. Um, when we met, we actually met online back in February 2nd of 02. Back then it was, of course, taboo. Yeah. But we met online February 2nd. We talked mm-hmm. on the phone February 4th. We set a wedding date on March, I mean on February 18th, and then we met in person wow. March Fourth, so we were we oh we were we, we we like uh, we knew we were marrying, and we were coming to we meet did. each other to see who we were going to marry. Whoa, whoa, that is crazy! <laughs> and wow. then yeah, on top of that, our second our second faith story like that is about to happen next year. We have never visited Nashville, but we've already decided we're moving there. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love and it. so, hey, that's been our life. I was like, you know what? It worked for our marriage. Yeah. It'll work again. It feels <laughs> right. Sometimes you got to just trust your gut, take the jump. And you know what? I always say people always are scared, you know, what if I move here and I don't like it? Or what if I make the wrong decision? I'm like, you make the decision. If you don't like it there in six months, you leave. It's, yeah. There's no, yeah. like, end all be. That's right. It's like you can oh make a God, decision so and then make it right. Yeah. Well, that's great. So you, you plan on you're going to try and move down sometime next year? Yeah. Yeah, sometime we're next ho- year. We're hoping to visit in October. We kind of we want the national experience. I know we could come now, but we want the national mm-hmm. experience, or at least 50% of the national experience, you know? So we're hoping yeah. things calm down by October to where when we do come and visit, at least we can get some experience. Absolutely. I think right now – you know, Nashville is on such a pause. The music industry is shut down, to be quite honest. And like you said, you're not going to get the full experience. You might as well wait until yep. you can go and just do it 110%. Yep. And, and you yeah. know, our show is a family affair. And talking about your family, you know, I can tell you, mm-hmm. you're kind of like a family affair. So we always ha- we always bring our eight-year-old on to ask one question. He's kind of our third co-host, per se. Oh. <laughs> so Sandy's going to get him on real quick. To, Great. Um, and then we've got a 17-month-old daughter. When she gets old enough, we'll be plugging her in the show, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How cute. I love it. I love it. Oh, what's, right. What's Here's your... Christopher with this question. His name's Christopher. Hey, Christopher. Hi, Kenzo. What's your favorite food? <gasps> my favorite food? I love mangoes. Mm. Mangoes are my favorite. What's your favorite food, Christopher? Pizza. Pizza? What kind of pizza? Pepperoni. Oh, and yeah. That would be my pick, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he, 
Bye. Thank you, Christopher. <laughs> he comes and goes quick, but he would. Yeah, he yeah. loves that part. But well, again, we're training so him to live out a passion too. So. Yeah, I love. I love to bring him in that, and he gets to feel like a part of it. And you know, he's going to learn an awful lot from you guys. And you know what's cool? He can say that he asked that question to Cassidy Pope right now. Because that's our bit, but our biggest wow. honesty yes, on the can. show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, See, <laughs> so, And of course, as many people we interviewed, there's going to be people that we interviewed that become big. So he'll be able to say, hey, I, I, I talked to her or I talked to him, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. absolutely. Cool was cool. And, and I always joke that he's kind of our secret weapon because it's funny. Many yeah. of the artists that come on our show, if um, if they're doing a live and we listen and we're watching, sometimes they'll talk about our show because they just if they just interviewed on the show, and they oh, yeah. always bring up him. And I'm sitting there like, Aww. okay, so well, he's our secret weapon. He's That's the memorable right. one. Yep, our secret weapon. <laughs> <laughs> he's cute as can be. <laughs> oh, thank you. <clears throat> so, if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Let's see. That's a, that's a tough one. I like that though. You put. Uh, let's see. You know, I think I I would love to write with either Laurie McKenna or Shane McAnally or both. To be honest, that would be a great. Pairing. Oh yes. Two of them together, I would take that any day. And, you know, oh, wow. I, I, yes. like I said, I love story songs. And both of them <laughs> have such a way of, mm-hmm. of saying something in a way that no one else has said it, but we've all felt it. Yeah. And I think that's, that would be my dream team right there. Wow. That would be awesome. <clears throat> so this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story to get artists to think before I ask them this same question. But we asked her that back then. And again, I think she had like a, at that time when she came on, when we interviewed her, she, I think she had like a, her first single was at number 28, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. um, On the big charts. And so nobody really knew who she was. So this was before Kelsey in a way. (laughs) Um, She, the answer she gave us is almost to the T of what she's living now, five mm. years later. Wow. And I always like to tell that story because I want, when I ask that question, I want artists to kind of think about this, that a lot can happen in five years. So where do you want to be in five years? Five years, you know, doing exactly what I love to do. I want to, you know, have a record deal and be touring and, you know, building my own brand. I actually really look up to artists like Rihanna or Beyonce or, you know, artists that have created not just, you know, an artist being an artist, but just building a yeah. brand and building, you know, fashion and, and hairstylings and, you know, makeup. And so I really, I love what they do and I so admire and look up to it. And, you know, that's really where I see myself in five years is, you know, building my music career and then, you know, incorporating, building a brand around it. Love that. Yeah, we could create the Sandy Collection. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> Sandy, what kind of lipstick do you like? Let's do lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that's what we're trying Sandy, to do is build a oh brand around our show. It could be Sandy yeah, Stain, like lip stain instead of lipstick, like Sandy Stain. Oh my uh, God, that'd be perfect. 
<laughs> that would work. <laughs> love that. I love it. Love and then Christopher can have his own brand of pizza. Oh, there we I go. There you go. Oh, that would be perfect. Yes. <laughs> yep. I love it. So as you as you look down the road, let's say that five years, ten years, whatever it is, you are successful. The person, let's say that the person you now can meet your future self. What would you tell her? Enjoy the journey. Love that. Because you know everybody always asks it the other way. Everybody always say, "What would you tell your past self?" You know, we go the other way. What would you tell your future self? Because I think that's more important. Yeah, I think that's what I I think that's what I would say. Is because I think it's so easy to just keep living for the next, especially as an independent artist. It's always mm-hmm. the next thing, the next step, or the next song, or the next person mm-hmm. that you have to email. Or, right. You know, it's so easy to get caught up in that. And I think you have to stop and just enjoy the little accomplishments along the way. Mm-hmm. And I think Definitely. people forget yeah. that. Just like even in marriage, I think, you know, a lot of marriages end. And I think that when they end, that Again, you do have a lot of issues in some marriages to end, but I think the majority of the marriages, they end because people forgot why they married. They, they, they yeah. missed those little moments, those, those moments to where, you know, where, where, where life didn't get in the way when they were dating. Where not, you know, all of a sudden they're married, they're five years in, they got kids, and they just let life get in the way. And, the, and their marriage becomes a rut until eventually it becomes its own grave. I think that's a, a great way to put it. Because <clears throat> we just like to have fun. You know, we do oh, we what we do. do. Yeah. We love this show. Mm-hmm. We love our little kids. We, you know, when things come at us, we try to find the positiveness out of it because, again, yeah, we can't change it. Well, and I think true. you guys are willing to put in the work. I think a lot of people, especially in relationships, when things get tough, instead of trying to work it out or pushing through it, because life is uncomfortable. And there's going to be things you fight about, and there's going to be issues, and there's going to be problems. But if you're willing to sit down and talk it out and, you know, empathize, you can work through it. Mm -hmm. So you two are willing to, you know, no matter what it is, you've got each other's backs. And that's the kind of relationship I think anybody, you know, hopes to have at some point in their life. Well, thank you. You know, we try to be the example out there, and we hope that we really want to be the example for our two kids because, again, you know, a lot, a lot, you know, when you look at the relationships and all that. In fact, we're writing a book called "Broken Together," and it, and it's about a, it's really about how two people marry and they're both really broken, maybe at different levels, but they're broken because of their past. And and a lot of people don't realize that growing up, whether it's your childhood, whether it's your teens, whether it's maybe early adulthood, doesn't matter. But things happen in your past, and when two people marry, they can see the same issue but see it differently because of their past. And because of that, they clash and they don't understand. I always tell people that if if you understand, if if you're getting married, find out about each other's past. I mean the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm Because the ugly is where you'll learn. And you learn all that about each other, then you will know why Mm -hmm. they react certain ways, and that will change your marriage. Absolutely. I love that, and I think a lot of people don't look that far in depth. Like I said, they just want to get tough. They they give up. So that's amazing. And and your your two kids are very lucky to be surrounded and living and growing up that kind of relationship, because that'll make a world of a difference for them. 
We hope so. You know, we we want to. You know, we know we that there's no so, such thing yeah. as perfect parents, but we're trying to be the right parents. That's right. There's no such thing as perfect, <laughs> but if they grow up surrounded by love and in a great relationship with their mom and their dad, love each other. That's all that matters. Yep. Let now. Let's say that you had a friend. It could be, uh, uh, yep. and you heard him or her sing. It don't matter whether it's a guy or girl. And there's uh-huh. definitely something special there. You, you, you they got something. <laughs> and let's say mm-hmm. that they've played maybe 30, 40 shows, so they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. But they've gotten mm-hmm. on stage, and they've gotten what every artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd, and the crowd's roaring. And they're like, I know I'm in the right place. And they come to you, and mm-hmm. they say, Tessa, I, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? I would tell them to just do everything they do to their best ability. You know, the, the more comfortable you are, the more you do something, the more you push. You know, I think being on stage is one thing, but being a musician or being an artist involves a lot of different facets. There's being mm-hmm. on stage, there's being able to do interviews on TV, there's songwriting, there's you know, public relations where you have to have good relationships with studio people. And, you know, I think yeah. you have to be well-versed in all of that. And that comes with experience and that comes with doing it. But I think sometimes people hone in on one thing too much and then they realize, you know, as they start that there's a lot of things they're not able to do. So I think being well-rounded as a musician is mm-hmm. a really Most great definitely. foundation. So I was and I love that. that. Great at performing, perform, but you know, really work on the songwriting or playing a guitar or mm-hmm. you know, being able to answer questions on a dot. And another great thing about what you just said, if if they know every aspect of the business, because what you all do is a business. I don't care what people say, it's a business. And um, especially now, it's even more of a business now than it was twenty years ago. But it's a business. Oh, absolutely. And. Um, I mean, uh, and if you know every aspect of the business, then when you hire your PR team or you hire your managers, you hire better ones because you know what to look for. Absolutely. I think knowledge is key. And I think you have to, you don't have to know everything about everything, but you should know enough yeah. about everything so that you're mm-hmm. not put into these situations where you're taking advantage of. You know, so yeah. there's a lot of things I don't know about, yeah. but I, if I know that I have it coming up, I make it a point to, like you said, listen to a lot of podcasts or watch a lot of videos or do as much research as I can so that when I walk in, you know, I have a base. doesn't mean yeah. I know everything because I don't and I won't, but enough that I feel like I can have a conversation about something and know the other side of it. Yeah. As an independent artist, you probably have friends that are chasing the same crazy dream that you are. Um, so who are one or two artists that, Fans should know. Let's see. Who do I? Who I'm trying to think of who I'm really like, really all about. You know who I? And they're not. They're in the middle of being really famous, mm, not. But I've okay. been really into um, Donovan Woods. He's more of a indie type of artist, like Jason Isabel. But his uh-huh. songwriting is just. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. I, I love his song. Actually, Tim McGraw cut one of his songs. Um, oh, wow. And it's called in Maine, and I'm, like, obsessed. It's literally on repeat on my Spotify. So I would definitely <laughs> check out. I'm a huge, like I said, a huge songwriter person. Like, I love a good lyric, and he just mm-hmm. he has a lot of words. Love that. <clears throat> so as we come 
to a close here. What is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? You know, usually I would have said, like you said, what's behind it? What are the, what's the nitty gritty? But I honestly think you hit that. I I was kind of not expecting it. And I think you actually (laughs) answered, you actually asked questions I would have hoped you would have asked, but don't usually ask. And that's a weird, very convoluted answer, but I actually think you um, guys answered questions that I would have that I think most people don't ask but are very important. And, and, and we're happy to hear that because a lot, you know, 90% yes, artists yeah. say that actually. And what's, what's funny, when an artist does have a question, it's because, you know, again, I try to keep this around 60 minutes. So there are times where I'm like, okay, can't do that one, can't do that one, I'll do this one. And then usually when they say an answer, a question, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that's the one that I skipped. <laughs> and I'm like, dang it. Yeah. You know? and, but, <laughs> but, you know, but what's great about yeah. this is this one question has shaped our show. And in fact, um, like, for instance, the quirkiness. I remember about 70, 80, 90 shows back, mm-hmm. uh, an artist named Francelle came on. And when we asked her, her that question, she goes, I just wish people would ask what's quirky about me. And we loved that so much. It's been every episode since. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Cool. I, I vividly remember that question, too. I thought it was like, oh, that's an interesting question. I like it. <laughs> so <laughs> as we come to a close here, tell everybody how they can reach you. So I am everywhere. I, there you go. That's big. Um, I'm on social media. <laughs> so everything is the.teza, and you can find me on social media. I love when people reach out, even if they don't know me. I just, you know, I feel the same way where if, even if you have a question about Nashville, you say, hey, what's a good place to go to Nashville when I come down and visit? Just personal message me. I love be, being as helpful as I can. I feel like I've been in that position before where I wish I could ask somebody something, but I'm just a little oh, too wow. nervous to know them. So I always mm-hmm. reach out. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. It's all the.teza. And on Spotify or Apple Music or Amazon Music, it's all just Teza. And the new song is coming out this Friday, which is what? what five days away. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> On my birthday. birthday. Yeah, is it really your birthday? Oh, that's right. Oh, 28th is his birthday. I knew it. I knew it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what's funny about this? And this was, and people are going to probably not believe me because this was not planned. Now, granted, it's not a guarantee yet because it all depends on if everybody sh- – and as you know, not every artist will show. Yeah. Sometimes right. issues happen. Sometimes technical issues happen, so you don't know. Yeah. But right now, it looks like, based on who all we booked so far this week, that our 200th interview will be on my birthday. What? Oh, yeah. that's so exciting. <laughs> what a great birthday present. Yeah. And, 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 and then it's – you know, again, it, it – not 50 yet, but it was 49, so be my last year in my 40s. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're going into 50 with a bang. I love it. Woo! <laughs> so, so, so I got one more year to go before I hit the big 5-0, so we've got to make this show really successful so that when, when I hit 50, I can say, look at what we've done. <laughs> and right. hopefully well, be I'm in Nashville by then. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm hoping that you guys, when you come down to Nashville, you better let me know. Oh, we, oh we definitely will. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> love it. So as as you know, if you, we loved having you on the show today, we definitely want to have you back down the road. 
Absolutely. I would love that. And you have a great day. <laughs> thank you. And thank you both for having me. And please tell Christopher I said bye as well. And I love this question. Oh, oh we will let him go. Yes. Thanks so much. <laughs> right, thank bye. you guys. Have a great rest of your day. You too. You too. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye.